What's going on? Final segment of the show here. Halford and Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd and Israel Fair uh, filling in. Final hour of the show. I think I said segment, but it's the final hour of the show. The official automotive sponsor of Halford and Bruff is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Uh, and this hour of Halford and Bruff is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com. Today, what we learned coming up at 8.30, get your thoughts in for that. Plus, it's an Ask Us Anything Friday, so keep those questions coming in as well. But right now, very pleased uh, to be joined by our regular CFL BC Lions insider on Friday, the Moj. Moj is a presentation of the Clayton Public House. How's it going, Moj? Thanks for doing this. Good, fellas. Good. Getting ready for a Labor Day weekend. Yeah, always, uh, always a highlight of the uh, the CFL season. And I know you know the Lions are on their bye week, obviously, but still, we got to start with the Lions and what they did this week, going out, trading the first round pick, and bringing over Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, from the Montreal Alouettes. So what is what was your immediate reaction to the deal, Moj? Well, I mean, it's a positive. You're bringing in someone who had a very good season in 2019. Yet at the same time, I don't know if I'm over the top crazy like a lot of people are right now, thinking that you know this puts them right back up there with Winnipeg and competing for the West and perhaps even a Grey Cup. Because I mean, you're talking about a player who was benched in Montreal, and you know a lot of people will play the Danny Machocha card, saying that you know uh, Vernon Adams wasn't Danny Machocha's guy. But remember that it was Kahari Jones when he was still the head coach of the Alouettes that benched Vernon Adams. So. Um, I have tempered expectations, yet at the same time, I also believe that this is a player with a tremendous skill set and maybe a change of scenery will help him um, regain the status that he had in 2019. Based on the way that the team had played with Nathan Rourke, obviously, but there were other elements of the of the, the roster that were also performing at a high level to get out to, to the great record that the Lions have. Uh, with the injury to O'Connor and with the the loss to the Riders, I think it seemed like people in the market were anticipating that the front office might explore this, but maybe not right away. What does it say about the urgency that the that the Lions management team sees with this team and sees with this group that they went out and, and made this move right now? Well, I think like, you know, any team in any sport, when you think you're close, you want to go out and have that piece that, you know, puts you over the top, it puts you in contention. So, I think this was a vote of confidence for this Lions team from the management. And, and I say for the team, not necessarily the quarterbacks, obviously, but for the team itself saying that, hey, we believe in you guys. And we believe that, you know, we're just a piece away right now. And that piece could be the quarterback. So um, I think it's a, a tremendous boost in terms of the team's confidence, the team's morale. You're talking about a guy who's a proven winner in the CFL, as I said, just a great season in 2019 with Vernon Adams. So he's done it before. Um, and there's an old baseball adage that a guy, a sabermetrician by the name of Ron Chandler would always say, once you show a skill, you own it. So hopefully Vernon Adams still has that skill that he had in 2019. You know, whether it's CFL, NFL, in-season trades of players are not always as common in football mode as, as they are in other sports or as impactful. And part, of course, part of that is, you know, trying to learn a new system, trying to learn a new playbook on the fly. And, and that probably goes double or triple for a quarterback. I mean, how, how, how steep is the learning curve going to be for Vernon Adams coming over and trying to get acclimated to uh, the Lions system? Well, I don't think the system itself is going to be the problem. I mean, you don't really reinvent the wheel in football. The, the big issue is verbiage, how quickly he can pick up the terminology that the Lions use compared to the Alouettes. I mean, 
that's the thing about football. Each team has its own set of verbiage and how they describe plays, how to describe formations, how they describe movement. And the quicker Vernon Adams picks all that up, the quicker he'll hit the field. Because, you know, even he said in his press conference, it's, it's football, right? And it is. But the big thing is, is how you communicate in terms of what you are running, in terms of those alignments, in terms of those plays. So the quicker he picks that up, the quicker he hits the field. You mentioned, Moj, that uh, you're not quite there putting this move as the one that puts the Lions right back with the Blue Bombers in that conversation among the Grey Cup favorites. What do you need to see uh, over the next couple of games or whenever we see Adams behind center uh, for you to feel a little bit more confident and comfortable with putting them in that tier? Well, I I think, number one, you have to see Vernon Adams go out there and just put the ball in the playmaker's hands. And he talked about that. This is an outstanding receiving core, right? I mean, I don't think you have to go too crazy. Um, Just make the right decisions. Go out there and put the ball in Brian Burnham's hands. Put the ball in Lucky Whitehead's hands and, and, you know, take it from there. I think the other thing, too, guys, that it's interesting because when Nathan Rourke went down, a lot of people started to wonder, okay, well, how's are some of the Lions – flaws or weaknesses perhaps going to be exposed or are part of their some of their units going to be exposed and everybody talked about the offensive line and you know how quick Nathan work was in terms of getting out the football and whether or not having someone else other than Nathan work at quarterback might expose the offensive line well I thought the offensive line did a tremendous job against Saskatchewan which is arguably the CFL's best front four maybe even best front seven but defensively the Lions have put so many points on the board that they've made teams one-dimensional. And as a result, I mean, you look at their defensive numbers, they're outstanding. But in this game against Saskatchewan, they didn't make the Saskatchewan Rough Riders one-dimensional. And Saskatchewan ran the ball, and when the game was on the line and the Lions desperately needed to get the ball back, they never got it back. I mean, Saskatchewan got the ball on their own 10 and marched it out to the 50 and killed the clock. So, you know, maybe that's something that I'm looking for is how's this defense going to play when they're facing offenses that aren't one-dimensional because they're in such a hole. In conversation, talking BC Lions and CFL with the Moj here on Sportsnet 650, Halford and Bruff, uh, I have a couple questions for you coming in on in the inbox. And don't worry, they're not ridiculous, uh, ask us anything about food or whatever, Moj. They're, they're <laughs> hey, football. I'll, I'll take food questions any day. I love food. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll get some in before the end of the interview. But uh, th- these are football questions. And we'll start with Lou in Calgary, uh, who, who wants to ask about the Lions punt coverage. And he wants to know if you think it's more about tackling or, or as Lou says, you know, the punter not hanging the ball up and giving the players enough time to get down to the field uh, and, uh, you know, and get in the right positions. What do you think? And we talked to Rick Campbell yesterday, and he, he called out special teams as well as something that needs to fix. Uh, what have you seen with the uh, the Lions punt and kick coverage, Moj? Okay, first off, I think, you know, you know, their special teams have been an issue, but out of all those units, I think their punt coverage team has probably been the best. They're actually first in the CFL, I believe, in net, pet, uh, net yardage in terms of net, young t- uh, net punting yardage. So that, to me, is not as big of an issue. The bigger issue, I think, that he's probably referring to is their kickoff coverage, which has just been atrocious. I mean, the kickoff coverage team, for whatever reason, um, they just can't get it done. I mean, the opponents are getting the ball at the 35, the 40. I mean, it's just been really, really poor this year. And when it comes to special teams, it, it's will. I mean, it's not scheme. I mean, people can talk about scheme all they want, but it's 
it's kind of a ridiculous argument because it's just about going down there and wanting to get it done. And it, it's sacrificing yourself. It's running down the field, knowing that you're going to be in a, basically a car crash and saying, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm going to do this because I know it's going to make our team better. And I think the other thing too, that has really, really hurt the Lions this year has been their kickoff and punt return teams, their kickoff teams, particularly. It just seems like whenever they get the ball at the 40, there's a flag that brings the ball back to the 15. Um, if they don't get a good return, they're stuck at the 25 or the 30. So for me, the real big issues on this team have been their kickoff coverage and their kickoff and punt returns. But yeah, uh, when it comes to their punting game and their punt coverage, I think they've been all right. Labor Day, obviously a, a huge week in, in the CFL. We get a bunch of the, the rivalry games this year. When, when you look at the, the, the traditional rivalries, there's not necessarily one that really stands out. Although I guess anytime the Bombers and the Riders play, it can be a big deal. And in Calgary's that team that I think is kind of in the mix with the Lions, right? They've got some questions about what their ceiling could be when they look really good. They look really good, but they certainly haven't had that consistency. But what, what do you think is the, the standout storyline heading into the weekend? Well, I want to see how Boldy, or pardon me, Jake Mayer plays again with the, the Stampeders. He looked phenomenal in that first game against Winnipeg. And, you know, it, it's funny. I, I looked at this team at the start of the year and saw how Bo Levi was playing. And during the course of the game, we were just talking about the Stampeders. We were in a, I don't think the Lions were even playing the Stampeders. And I turned over to Julio and I said, this will be Jake Mayer's team by the end of the year. Well, it's already his team. And I think they're a better team with Jake Mayer at quarterback. Honestly, I think if you're a Lions fan, you want Bo Levi Mitchell to play. Um, Mayor to me has just been, I mean, this guy's had a great, great start to a CFL career. And I think the Calgary Stampeders are a better football club with Jake Mayer at the controls. As far as the other games, I mean, you know, you, you look at Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, there's a lot of optimism in Saskatchewan. They're get, starting to get some bodies back, particularly when it comes to the receiving core. But to me, Winnipeg right now, they're in a league by themselves in the CFL and you know, then it's just kind of everyone else. It, it, it's just strange. Winnipeg just always somehow, some way finds a way to win a football game. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they do have elite athletes. And when they need to turn it on, they do. Uh, before we get to the food questions, Moj, just a quick uh, quick NFL question for you. I know, you know, uh, you had thought that, and a lot of people had thought that maybe uh, Seattle could have been a landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo, but instead he doesn't even hit the market. He stays in San Francisco. He'll be the backup, highest paid backup in the league to Trey Lance. What did you think of that move? Well, I mean, if you were going to bring Jim, if you were going to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in, I mean, you would want to have done it obviously at the start of training camp or before the start of training camp. So I think once training camp started, things were pretty much set in stone for the Seahawks with Geno Smith and, you know, with Drew Locke. And I just look at the Seahawks team and, you know, people are talking about, I think Vegas has went five and a half wins in terms of their over-under. So this is a team that it's going to be interesting. And the reason I say that, because we all know that Pete Carroll loves to run the football, right? And you don't have, you know, Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks in Geno Smith or Drew Locke. So what happens with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf? I mean, are they just going to be, you know, kind of like lost in the wilderness this year, underutilized, whatever term you want to use it? It just seems to, to be kind of a waste of having a, a run-first offense and well, having a, a game-manager quarterback and then having pieces like Lockett and Metcalf on your offense. So. It's going to be interesting. I think, you know, when you look at their defense, there's no Bobby Wagner, but I think Jordan Brooks has proved himself to be the next thing. So we'll see how that defense stacks up. But 
it's going to be a really interesting season with Seattle. I, I'm not as pessimistic as a lot of people are thinking, you know, five, six wins. I still think this team could win anywhere between seven and nine games, but I'm a glass-half-full guy, I guess. <laughs> You've covered the Seahawks a ton uh, in, in recent memory, and the guy that was at the center of a lot of those wins in the past was Russell Wilson. The other big news this week was his contract with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think we knew that the, the contract itself was coming, but now that it's solidified, he's going to be a super highly paid player. He's going there with a ton of expectations. You've seen this guy play a lot. What what do you think the next phase of his career looks like with the Broncos? I honestly believe that, you know, I, I just don't think that he's the player that, I mean, everyone knows he's not the player that he was five years ago. And one of the things that we've really seen with Russell Wilson is that Houdini-like ability to escape pressure. That's that's kind of gone by the wayside the last couple of years. I mean, you know, you, you see Russell try to avoid pressure and he winds up taking a 22 yard loss instead of throwing the football away. So I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah, he's going to get his money and it's money that's, you know, that's well-earned. I mean, he deserved it because of what he's done in the past. Yet at the same time, I, I just kind of look at Wilson and, and I, I'm not sold on him being that guy who can take a team to a Super Bowl again. I, I just think his skills are in decline. And, you know, there's a reason the Seahawks didn't want to pay him the money, right? Um, so I just look at Russell Wilson, and I think, yeah, he, he's still a good quarterback, but is he an elite NFL quarterback? Uh, I wouldn't put him in that tier. I'd probably put him in the, the tier right underneath that. All right, Moj, a couple, uh, a couple of food questions from the listeners for you. We had this one coming a little earlier. Do you have a favorite Blizzard flavor from Dairy Queen? Uh, no, not really. I mean, usually with me, it's, you know what I had the other day, actually? We had blizzards, and I think I had, like, the caramel blizzards. All right. Caramel chocolate. Yeah, so that, that you cannot go wrong with caramel. In it's fact, true. I've got a tip for you guys. Next time you go golfing, right, you know how everybody always brings fireball for birdie juice? Sure. Do you guys know what birdie juice is? Right? Yes, yes, birdie, yes, we everybody do. Everybody like a shot of fireball. Right? Yeah. There's <laughs> actually this stuff now. It's like a maple butter schnapps. All right. Oh, I am telling you, try this maple. I just found it in my fridge because I wanted to find the exact. Uh, here it is. It's uh, it's Phillips Butter Ripple Schnapps. All right. Butter Ripple Schnapps. Try that next time you need birdie juice on the golf course. It is absolutely tremendous. I love that you can hear Moj going through his <laughs> phrase right now. <laughs> Mid-interview, <laughs> rifling through his phrase. That's the magic no, of... I had to go in there. I wanted to find the name of Butter Ripple Schnapps. Butter oh. Ripple Schnapps. That's the magic oh. of live radio right there. Uh, I think we got to end We got to end on that one, Moj. It's, that was, that's the perfect place to end it. Butter Ripple Schnapps for your birdie juice next time you're golfing. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Moj. We appreciate it. Have a good weekend, guys. Uh, Thanks, there he is. That is the Moj, CFL and uh, and Schnapps Insider here on Halford and Bruff. Uh, the Moj <laughs> on Sportsnet 650 was brought to you by the Clayton Public House, your home of football. Every game day, catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors. I was going to ask him a couple more uh, of food questions, but... I mean, what are you going to do? You got to end on on the peak of the Tremendous Moj production going, value. Going through... Going through his fridge, looking for the bottle of schnapps <laughs> that he was enjoying on the golf course the other day. Just tremendous. That's it. That's what it's all about. That is what live radio is all about right here. Uh, it is Halford and Broff, Sportsnet 650. Uh, Ask Us Anything Friday continues. This one, well, that was for the Moj, and I didn't get to it. I'm sorry, Dempster Dan. Maybe next week you can ask uh, what, what 
Moj's secret ingredient for a steak marinade. I was marinade curious to hear be. what that might be. Yeah, I know. I was going to ask it, but and I was just like, I can't. I, how are we going to follow up this? This is yeah. such a great moment. I don't want to. I don't want to step on it. You know what I mean by uh, by asking a follow up. So I don't know. Uh, I don't. Maybe would have gone out to the barbecue and start firing it up. <laughs> Let me test it out right now. Let's see what I have in the fridge. See what I got in the pantry. You cannot go wrong with caramel. <laughs> that is true. Caramel is a great flavor. It's a winner for me. I always go for the caramel drumsticks over the chocolate. Oh, have to. Yeah. So I I, I agree with the Moj on that. Caramel in general is uh, is very good. Okay, let's keep it on food here temporarily. This one unsigned. What is your favorite burger in BC from fast food uh, or a restaurant? Oh, I got a good one. All right, hit us up. For, for fine dining, uh, it's right by my place. It's uh, on Alberni Street, pretty much Alberni Street in Cardero. It's a place called the Red Accordion. Okay. Uh, it's a... It's a I guess fine dining ish restaurant. It's 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 not like super pricey, but it's definitely like super high quality food. And oh my god, their burger is outstanding! Like the best restaurant burger I've ever had in my entire life. I've gone there several times, and pretty much every wow. time I go, I get the burger. It is so good. So obviously, and I know everyone criticizes this about being just a pure nostalgic pick, but whatever, I'll wear it. I white I know spot. where you're going. It's yeah. white spot, and I mean. Oh, but those are the legendary burger. They yeah, call that for a reason. It's, and I will say specifically, triple O's on the ferry doesn't get better than that. That, that is, is the that, peak that's nostalgia, the peak burger experience. I was on the ferry. Uh, I was on the ferry a couple weeks ago, and I had a burger, and I was so uh, I was so delighted by it and wanted more that I traded my Nanaimo bar to my nephew for half of his burger because I was like, you know what? I need more I need more legendary burger in my life. It does not get better than a legendary burger on the ferry. I will say, I mentioned uh, earlier in the week I was at uh, local establishment Bells and Whistles on Fraser uh, watching the Serena Williams match li- earlier in the week. Fantastic burgers. Strong, nice. strong recommend uh, Bells and Whistles on Fraser. Really, really love those burgers. So those would be my two ones that jump to mind. I have the soft spot for white spot as well, and I'll give a. a, a we're doing a North Van show this week. Uh, I'll give a shout yep. out. I had a North Van burger at the Gull on Tuesday night Love the Gull. with a, a couple buddies. We have a uh, a friend who he works these seasonal jobs, so he's only in town two or three times a year. Every time he's in town, we go to the Gull for burgers. It's become our tradition, and it's uh, it's a strong burger. So I'll, I'll give the Gull a shout out with their burger. Another another North Van shout out to the Black Bear, my neighborhood oh, pub shout in the Valley. Of course. Uh, I mean, I don't live there anymore, but I spend many a days at the Black Bear Pub, and their uh, yeah, their barbecue burger is fantastic. I went on one of the uh, one of my first dates with my eventual wife at the uh, at the Black Bear in Lynn Valley, which maybe not the most auspicious start to a relationship, but I guess I guess it worked out. Um, <laughs> this one from Shooter Tutor Tyler: Ask us anything. Would you rather have the speed of the Flash or the strength of the Hulk? And would you use your new ability? for good or bad like the boys. So I don't think I would want to be like a full-on superhero where you're like running around stopping supervillains or mm-hmm. whatever, but I don't think I would be bad. I would just kind of use it to like for convenience. What is this a lazy superhero? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just use it Couch to like help me out a little bit. Superhero. <laughs> yes, Jamie's superpowers exactly. always plugging in the USB port the right way the first time. Like I think like I would go like, What is going on? I think I would go for the sp- oh, I don't want the responsibility. That makes you a villain. <laughs> no doesn't isn't was that bad will smith movie hancock where he's like a superhero oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah he, he, he doesn't but he's not into it yeah that would be he, me and then he turns at the end that like yeah yeah you're like kind of kind of a dope people will be like look that guy could save the world and while well, there he is going into the liquor store again i don't want that responsibility i just want i, I would choose the speed of the flash 
And you know, I, get I would to, definitely. Uh, I get to go work. Speed. Get to work in a split second. Yeah. I, I could sleep in. Yeah, you got to pick, pick the flash. You know what I mean? Maybe when you're younger, you know, if you're super strength would be dangerous. You wouldn't know your own strength. You'd like that, be breaking stuff. I'm not going to punch anybody. And when you when you think days, about it, how often the speeds way more useful. Speeds way more useful. Like. How often do you need to be significantly stronger than you are? It doesn't come up that much. I mean, I guess we're all sitting here doing like sitting down radio jobs, so we're not using our strength all that much. But I, I just feel like, okay, great, I can lift a car. Well, when do I ever need to lift a yeah, car? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. come up that much. I need to get places <laughs> fast. It doesn't come up that much? No, exactly. You know, every once in a you while. You've got your list of times where you're like, damn, I really wish I had the strength to lift the car right now. But speed, I mean, that's an everyday thing. That, that helps you out constantly. Anyways, so there you go. But I still don't want to be a superhero. Too much responsibility. Man, I'm that just says right. a lot not... about you. The world's in peril. Where's Jamie's on the couch? <laughs> He's got Netflix open. Uh, all right, this one. Uh, this one comes in. Ask us anything. This is from uh, Shayton or Chayton in Surrey. Uh, Cooperstown is closing forever, but it has one final induction spot for either Albert Pujols. Or Miguel Miguel Cabrera, who are you inducting? I, I love uh, I love Miggy, but it's got to be Pujols. Yeah. Just the the peak, higher the longevity. He's closing in on 700 home runs. Uh, Pujols is one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. Like he, he so, is, so is Cabrera. So is Cabrera. To be fair, but Pujols is is in a maybe just a tier above. Yeah, I think Pujols is pretty clear cut, and that's not a slam on uh, on Miguel Cabrera. He's had an incredible career as well, but. Pujols has separated himself, as you said, into that that next tier uh, in terms of uh, Hall of Fame. Um, all right, let me see. We got some other ones coming in here for Ask Us Anything. Uh, ask Us Anything. If you were on a first or second date and your date orders her steak well done, is it acceptable to just get up and leave? That's from Adam, the former bath guy. <laughs> I don't know if we can take your advice after your, your black bear you know, go, <laughs> go-to date spot. It, it didn't, didn't go to the fancy Not steakhouse. Not go-to. It was just a one-time thing. But anyways. <laughs> well, it led to, to good results. It did. See, it worked. <laughs> there you go. Take your dates to the black bear in Lynn Valley. Nothing like the Lynn Valley Mall parking lot <laughs> to, oh, re- man. to really put a, re- a relationship on the right that track. That is a happening spot. Hopefully, they bring back the Lynn Valley sellers. Maybe very yes. happy. Yes. <laughs> a classic. Uh, Lynn Valley Mall, interesting place. Anyways, um, mall, I don't know. Mall is a is a stretch, but you know. Yeah, well, it's called that. Oh, I know. But yes, oh, I know. It's uh, it, it's maybe not deserving of the name. I don't know. I would still, I, I would. You still got to be respectful. You know what I mean? Don't just get up and leave. Finish, log it right. Take note of it. Okay, that's that's one in the in the con column. But you know, be respectful. Finish the that's date. One in the con column. Jamie's got a little notepad. Yeah, I I wouldn't walk out, but I would not order. I would silently judge for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I I have the the steak snobbery in me for sure. Uh, Golf hacker sixty nine, great name. Texts in. What's the maximum amount that you would pay for a great steak at a restaurant? I mean, it's pretty high. Like, if you're doing a, a kind of one-time, maybe it's a celebration, anniversary, some big life moment, and you're like, you know what? We're going to treat ourselves to a really, really nice steak meal. I don't know. I mean, what what does a nice steak run? And is this costing, like, is it for the steak meal? Or are you, I think are it's we probably just, just the about great the, steak. The beef? I think it's just the beef. What does that even run at, like, a nice restaurant these days? Like, or if you're going, like, really high end, like 60 bucks? Yeah, 50, 60 bucks. Something like that. I would do that. I mean, I'm not going to make a habit of it. But if you 
if the place is good, you you know, you have confidence you're going to get your money's worth, I would spring for that. Yeah, I I, I do that every once in a while. I, I like a, a nice, nice I, cut of meat. I love a good steak. Oh, my gosh. It's... Uh, you really can't beat it. It's fantastic. I know it's like cliched to talk about how much you love steak, but it's amazing. <laughs> There's a reason it's a cliche. It's so good. Um, all right. More Ask Us Anything on the other side, plus what we learned. So get your submissions in for everything. It's 650, 650. Halford and Bruff, Sportsnet, 650. Oh, I am telling you, try this maple. I just found it in my fridge because I wanted to find the exact. Uh, here it is. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Welcome back. Welcome back. Final segment of the week here. Sportsnet 650, Halford and Bruff with Jamie Dodd and Israel Fair. We did it, Izzy. We got through with only one one, <laughs> one incident of real listener anger this morning. But that's in the past. We're not going to focus on that. That was almost two hours ago. The texters are not holding it no, against you. No, we've moved for on. What it's worth. We're, in we're, the moment, there was, there was a flash of anger. There certainly was, but we're back. We're back in the good books now, man. And uh, we're going to keep doing it because it's Ask Us Anything Friday. we got some more questions to get to. Uh, it is also time for what we learned here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, I will start. I have a few to get through. Uh, we'll see if we get through all of them. But I wanted to start with this one. The uh, The Brooks Bandits earned a very comfortable win <laughs> last night. <laughs> Izzy, I don't know if you saw this. Brooks Bandits, part of the uh, Alberta Junior Hockey League, Junior A League in Alberta. Uh, Kale McCarr's former team, actually. They were playing an exhibition game against the Wisconsin Lumberjacks. 23-0 the final score in that game. 23-0 in that game. And it's actually worse than that because it was 20 nothing after the second period and then they took their foot off the gas. Ooh. They only scored 3 goals Ooh. in the third period. So it could have been even worse than that. But yeah, the Brooks Bandits 23 nothing in an exhibition game over the Wisconsin Lumberjacks and I did not I had not heard of the Wisconsin Lumberjacks mm-hmm. uh, before. They play in uh the Superior International Junior Le- Hockey League. Yes. The SIJHL. Which you had a, a real chuckle I did. I enjoyed show that because the, like well, it's superior. Not, it's not that superior. Now, as you pointed out, it's probably more about Lake Superior. <laughs> not They're not calling themselves Superior, but it did make me laugh. It's like, well, you guys just lost 23 nothing. I don't know if you should be calling yourselves Superior the right inferior now. Inferior League? Is that what you want them to go by? Because <laughs> of a preseason blowout? Look, I've, uh, you, you know, junior hockey, junior sports at any level, you're going to see some blowouts, right? That happens. I mean, I, I've covered Vancouver Giants games for the station. I think I did one. It was the Giants put up 12 goals. Yeah, the there's 10 nothing games. Sure. Now, I think that that one, it was like 12-4 or something, right? So the other team got theirs too. 23 nothing is on a different level. And obviously, look, these are teams from different leagues playing each other. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy, but that is uh Yeah, I mean, Brooks is kind of the big... Yeah, the big dog. to yeah. Alberta team. Yeah, exactly. In uh, it's, it's Junior A, right? So it's like the equivalent of the BCHL. I don't think the league's quite as strong as the BCHL it's not, is. But Brooks probably c- competes with the top BCHL yeah. teams. Um, so there we go. That's uh, that's my what we learned. That the Brooks Bandits twenty three nothing over the Wisconsin Lumberjacks. I know you have one, Izzy. I do. I prepared. So I, look at I, you. Look yeah, at you. I've gotten better every day. Oh wait, every hold day on. This week. Hold on. We need a moo cow, a eh, dog. 
Look at that. I saved it. In under the wire. I almost blew it, but I saved it there at the end. All right. Um, all right. So the Lord of the Rings show uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime, dropped oh, you yesterday. You took mine. And I watched oh. the first episode. Was it good? I'm all in. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't call myself like a Lord of the Rings super nerd. Mm-hmm. But uh, I grew up with the movies. I grew well, up with the books. Yeah, the original trilogy is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Hobbit not so much. But the Hobbit movies are rough. Yeah, they weren't great. But they're, the original trilogy is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 Peter Jackson original trilogy. Oh, fantastic. Owns and this uh, looks just as incredible. And cool. uh, it you know it's the the prologue. I guess the backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I guess it's going to be eight episodes. Or the first episode was about an hour. Uh, there's two episodes out now. So maybe tonight I'll watch the. The second one, but I'm I'm all in. Uh, I wa- I'm not a huge Thrones guy. I know that's one of the other big shows. I guess they're competing. Yes, they are right the, now. The, but uh, the competing Lord high of the Rings fantasy is, shows. is where it's at for me. The uh, Amazon Prime, uh, like the series uh, for Lord of the Rings, cost them. It's a five season commitment, and they're yep. spending one billion dollars on it. A billion dollars. That's a series. wild, wild number. Right? It's getting great reviews, and I, like from you, from critics as well. People say it looks awesome. I haven't checked it out yet. I'm excited to. Maybe I'll fire it up uh, when I go home today. I'm a sucker. I mean, I've read, I've read the Lord of the Rings books multiple times. Loved the the trilogy when it came out in theaters. You know, I had all the expanded editions on yeah. uh, on DVD. The four hour cuts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You love it. Uh, I, I'm a sucker in general for for fantasy stuff. So I, I'm sure that I will enjoy. Uh, the Lord of the Rings show when I get to it. Uh, let's have a moo cow. So, a dog, Izzy just stole yours. So we'll we'll give you time to uh, to <laughs> to prepare one. Should we? Because I, I have more of it. I can go to. Oh, please, please go. All ahead. right. Uh, what we learned: the NHL is uh, is making plans for a World Cup of Hockey in 2024. Apparently. They talked to the IIHF in Paris this week, presented them with some kind of preliminary plans. It would be a 17-day uh, tournament in February 2024, would feature at least eight national teams with games played in North America and Europe. Now, the report I have seen doesn't specifically say that it would not include you know, Team North America and Team Europe, but... When I hear that it would include at least eight national they teams, wanted to get, they wanted to get away that from that. That suggests to me that it's going to be true national teams, not conglomerates, not, oh, under-23 teams, anything like that. And that I've always maintained. As much as people romanticize Team North America, and yeah, it was exciting, and you saw some cool combination of players, mm-hmm. no one is ever, ever going to take the tournament seriously unless it is only <laughs> national teams involved. It's just not going to happen. It's an exhibition. And you you don't want it to be an exhibition. You want it to be a meaningful tournament with stakes Best on best, you're not going to have that with the other ter- with the other team. So if that is indeed the case, it's a huge step forward. And I think the other thing is having it in February, in the middle of hockey season, makes a lot more sense. Makes it easier for players and fans to get invested into. For sure, that that's a difference maker because if it's before the season, the ceiling is is capped. And I look at the World Baseball Classic in baseball, which played before the season, and that's a fun tournament because you get to see the players play for their national teams and. Uh, a lot of the Hispanic countries, I, Puerto Rico had an awesome team pretty recently, and they played with so much swagger that it it was hard not to get into it. But they have pitching limits, right? It's not simply we're going out there, we're trying to win a game. It, it's part of a, of a bigger construct. And that was, I think, at play with the last World Cup of Hockey, which was fun. And, you know, Canada, yeah, had, was, Canada had a great team. It was like, all right, People I'll sit down. People like the and, Team North America yeah. stuff. Uh, this, this seems a little bit more straight up. And it, they are trying to 
make something that's going to replace the Olympics. If it's that's it's it comes down to what your goal is, right? If your goal is to have kind of a fun quirky tournament in August that people will sit down and oh yeah, that's all right. I'll watch that. Okay, yeah, sure. The previous World Cup would accomplish that. If your goal is to build something that has real meaning that people really get invested in, that people really want their country to win in and kind of, you know, actually feel emotionally invested in the product, you have to do things a little differently and it sounds like they're going in that direction, which uh, which I'm excited to see. Uh, all right, another moo cow, Andy. I have uh, I have one more. Uh, what we learned, I, I came really prepared today on the last day of the week. Uh, what we learned, uh, the English Premier League smashed some transfer spending records this summer. Yesterday was the final day of the transfer window. They spent a total of one point. Premier League teams spent a total of 1.9 billion pounds which I think is about 2.2 billion US uh, in the summer transfer window. A massive amount of money br- breaks their uh, their record for other transfer windows for previous whole seasons. And the thing that really jumped out to me, they spent more, the clubs in the English top flight spent more than La Liga, Italy's Serie A, and the German Bundesliga combined. Mm-hmm. All three of those leagues combined, which features some pretty impressive teams with a lot of financial might in them, Izzy. And I think that's just a fascinating kind of signpost to where European soccer is going, where England is kind of just going to keep flexing that financial muscle. And even, you know, the mid or even bottom table teams in the Prem are showing that they can compete with top teams from the rest of Europe for players. It's huge. And like, it's, you look at uh, like Nottingham Forest, for example, they were promoted this year and they went heavy in the transfer window because it's so valuable for teams to to stay up, right? Like it, it's it's pretty it's it's not just Manchester City buying Erling Holland, which is part of it. Yeah. And Liverpool trying to keep up with them and then having teams like Arsenal and Manchester United and Tottenham trying to stay at that level or Chelsea trying to push themselves back up to to the top level. It's it goes down the line where like, you know, Wolves and Nottingham Forest are mm-hmm involved in some pretty significant transfers because of the how competitive the league is not necessarily at the top but throughout the table and staying in the Premier League is so much more important than it is for the other fringe teams in the other leagues they have these unbelievable television deals around the world that dictate hey you get into the Premier League you need to stay there and the competitive might the the financial muscle as you put it Jamie to the teams are willing to yep. flex to keep that it's it is ratcheted up to a crazy place, and it's remarkable when you hear again, just as like a, a casual kind of European footy fan, you hear some you know a team as you said like Wolves, right? Not a not a top of the table uh, Premier League team, but they'll be competing for a player with like AC Milan, you know, one of the most storied teams in Italian history, and a team that's won the Champions League was dominant uh, for long stretches in the '90s and the early 2000s, and you know, all of a sudden they're kind of on that playing field uh, with a team that's doesn't have that kind of history, that kind of uh, traditional clout, uh, but because, as you said, the TV deal and all that in uh, in the uh, Premier League, they're able yeah. to kind of flex that muscle. Um, we uh, we got a lot of Ask Us Anything, so uh, we'll go back to Ask Us Anything. Maybe we'll fire up the dot matrix a little bit later and get some what we learns in from the listeners as well, but uh, let's do a few more Ask Us Anythings here. It is Ask Us Anything Friday, so if you got a late one to get in, hit us up, 650 650 uh, Gurjeet says, ask us anything. Uh, I need to know best breakfast food, worst, also most overrated 
and most underrated. So the the one that jumped to mind for me immediately was for most overrated, and I would say omelets. Not a big omelet guy. Omelets? I don't know. I'm not. A, you know not what a big I'm planning guy. to do as soon as I leave the station is to go and get an omelet. Yes. Wow, omelets. That's a. I thought you were for sure going egg Benny there. No, I like eggs, Benny. So I, do I. I. Okay, now so, eggs, I, so do I. But now, I, I, I understand the, the setup was I, I did not see omelets coming. Like, who doesn't like an omelet? I've just I don't I've never Jamie Fraud, I'm a superhero who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do anything here. Jamie the lazy Fraud. superhero who doesn't like omelets. Wow, this is going to be quite a pilot. I've never um, I've never ordered an omelet somewhere and thought that I made the right choice. I've always been like ah. I should have done something else. There were other. There, I would rather just have classic bacon and eggs, two and, eggs, yeah. bacon, toast, than an omelet. An omelet just it, it's complicating the situation for me more so than is necessary. I'm very disappointed <laughs> in you. <laughs> Do you have an underrated breakfast food? Uh, I don't know. I think people are generally pretty excited about most breakfast foods. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, it's hard for me to think of an underrated one. I will say I'm a sucker for fast food breakfast. McDonald's, Tim Hortons, A and W. Sure, I'll, I'll go for all of that. So oh, I yeah. have I have no problem with that. And, and maybe if people are looking down their nose at that, I'll, I will call that underrated. <laughs> I'll call that underrated for sure. Uh, this one, Snoop the Dog, ask us anything. Would you rather work full time with Halford or Bruff? So I think I have to say Bruff here because I did a week with him pretty recently, and it, it went very well. I haven't worked with Halford before, so I have nothing to judge it on. I think uh, I, I think I would choose Bruff. Now, maybe it was the kind of thing where he kind of said to himself, all right, I have to work with this Joker for a week. I, I can be professional. I can hold it in for a week and get through it, and then I don't have to see him again. And maybe if it was full-time, the relationship would fracture in a hurry. But uh, I enjoyed working with Bruff, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Bruff. I'll 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 go. Uh, I'll give Halford some love. I, I like Mike. <laughs> we'd, we'd have a real chill show. We'd be going off topic all the time. There you go. It'd be fun. Do you have to? Does A Dog have A-Dog? to make well, it? Because A Dog might have to choose both. But... From a producer standpoint, uh, Halford makes me do less work. So there you go. I'll, I'll choose him. That love that as a producer. I Nothing love, wrong with I that. Love, I love both guys though. It's hard to pick. <laughs> it's like asking a father to choose between his 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 sons. You know, like. <laughs> it's a very diplomatic answer, right, Doug? But we all heard you. You said Halford. It's you, Halford. You, you said Halford. It's like <laughs> just from the pure lazy laziness perspective of me. You know, I, I, any 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 way that I can do less work. You know, I'll, I love I'll that go you're that like. Uh, I love that you're like. It's like asking me to choose between two sons, which yeah. I'll do, and it's Halford. <laughs> <laughs> and I have no problem doing that. Any Let's parent go. that says they love you both equally is lying. <laughs> it's always hey a favorite. I hey know. Um, Shredded hash browns are overrated. That one comes in from Christian. Uh, yeah, I don't I know. See, I like I hash browns. I can see that. I, I guess I could see if that. If they're I, done I, bad, they, they're really I never bad. go sure. out of my way to order hash browns. Like, they're always just sort of, they're there. Okay. Yeah. So I, could, I could see that. I mean, I like them, but I don't go like, oh, man, I want some hash browns right now. You know what I think is underrated for breakfast food? Steak and eggs. Okay. Not not in my household. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. What, what's a breakfast food that people don't like? Ever like, people are so enthusiastic about breakfast. It's hard to okay. it's hard to come up with an underrated one. I think overrated for me would be sausage. I'm not a huge sausage guy. 
okay, let's clip. <laughs> Gotta be a better way to say that. Um, okay. Uh, anyways, this is gonna go off the rails. But yeah. I, <laughs> and last a, week we were talking about the guy at Yankee Stadium with the hot dog and the beer, and right. I, I had a, a I just, similar yeah, slip off talking sa- about wieners. Sausage for breakfast is just not my. Oh. <laughs> There's no good way to do it. No, there isn't. There's no I good mean, way to do it. It's just not the first thing. Wieners, you know? sausage, bangers, yeah. whatever you call it. There's yeah. no. There's no good way. I just, to yeah, do it. I would. I would much rather pick bacon. Ten out of 10 yeah. The times. thing with sausage is, it it's uh, tasty, but you're always you always have to choose between bacon, right? So are you really going to forego bacon to get the sausage? And then I would say of the tr- three traditional options, ham is a distant third. Right, you're usually offered bacon, sausage, or ham. It's, I'm not a ham. I no. think I eat ham like once a year, like Christmas or something. I'm yeah, not a ham guy it's, at all. Uh, I, I agree. I uh, I'm I'm not a big ham fan. It's bacon with the with a bullet at the top of the uh, the sides power rankings there for the classic. Well, I'll breakfast. have I'll have an overrated one too. All uh, right, avocado toast. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. It's just I'm not going out of my way for it. No, you call yourself a millennial. <laughs> yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> he had to pay his rent, so he had to stop eating the. <laughs> That's right. He's going to be buying a house there yeah. it is. soon. Soon enough. Oof, not, not eating. Not, that, in, not in this city. Not eating that avocado toast anymore. Uh, Matt in Abby texts in. Ask us anything. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done to hurt yourself? I had a pretty good run when I was growing up as a kid of uh, uh, of hurting myself in some pretty inventive ways at the the Big O in Montreal. There, mm-hmm. when I was about six, I think five or six. I was there to see a game with my family on vacation in the summer, and I uh, I somehow got my hand jammed in like the mechanism. Mech- I don't know even know what to call it, like the the mechanics of the chair, yeah, of like the folding chair. And when I stood up, it almost like ripped the tip of my finger off. Jeez! And I had to I had to go to the hospital to get stitches, and I still have the the scar from those stitches. That's intense. So that was a wild one. Also, uh, shortly after that, I don't know, maybe it was six or seven. I was at uh, Sun Peaks, and I was climbing on the ski racks as a kid, and the ski rack just completely tipped over, and one of the pegs on the ski Ooh. rack went right into my stomach, <laughs> and I also had to go to the hospital Jeez. for that one. That one was all right. I turned out to be okay there, uh, but uh, you know that was those those are two that stand out as kind of foolish things that I was doing. Man, that's uh, that's tough. I, I don't have anything that competes with that. Um, <laughs> The one that comes to mind is is younger. Uh, I was a a very avid reader as a kid. Got to the point where my parents had to take my books away from me before bed, and uh, I tried to sneak into my parents' room, crawl into my parents' room, and grab the book where it was, and I smashed the corner of uh, my eye on oh yeah the, on the chair that needed a, a bunch of stitches um, and. That there's a little bit of a scar there too, uh, so that that's what you get. You know, English teachers tell you to read. Parents take the books away. What happens? You get hurt. Nerd! That is a great nerd story. I was trying to read so badly that I hurt myself. That's very. Yeah, I've very never good. met anyone that's injured themselves from from reading. I gotta say that's uh... that's fantastic. Um, ask us anything. This one comes in. Uh, it's for you specifically, or it's not labeled to you, but I'm gonna throw it to you because it was uh, ask us anything. Is this Finally, the Gunners' year, or is it going to be a letdown like the last twenty? You, you were saying yesterday that you feel pretty good about Arsenal. That I'm buying in. Yeah, it, it seems at least a little bit sustainable, but sustainable for like the Champions League, right? Not you, you're not calling them to be in the title race. No, I mean, I, I still think City is going to fly away with it, but it's 
they, they've made strides. They're competitive, and their young players are legit. And this is not in the past when there's been some Arsenal hype. It's either been um, kind of players who are not quite elite, but are, are really good players who all come together and they just don't have the, the depth or the, the high-end talent to push it through. Or banking on young players who haven't mm-hmm. done much to mm-hmm. really break through. And this is a, a, a young group that it's still pretty early, but they've done a lot in the additions that they made. In the transfer window, uh, in in Jesus and Zinchenko for um, you know at, at the top of the list, mm-hmm. perfect fits in, into what they're doing. I, it, it, I, I'm and I watched the Amazon Prime series too that they did uh, all or the all or nothing, and that that illuminated some things for me as well. That uh, I, I think that they, there's there's good reason to believe that uh, they can they can get back finally to to being a top four team. It's been it's been quite a while. Uh, ask us anything. Wayne from Kelowna. Do the Blue Jays have too much fun and goof around too much so that it impacts their play? Would a more serious attitude improve their play? I, I look, I, I understand that uh, this question comes up a fair bit from Jays fans in Toronto, whether it's, you know, at the Fan 590 or Sister Station or on Twitter, whatever it is. You often see people get upset about the home run jacket, right? Oh, why are they doing the home run jacket? And like, Either because they're le- they're trailing by too much or because they're winning by too much. Whatever the situation, people get upset about the home run jacket. For me, I would rather them be out there having fun. And look, there's been plenty of times this year where they've been obviously, you know, had negative body language, right? Because they've been frustrated, because they've been upset with their play. I think it's the kind of thing that if they were winning more games, we'd look at it and say, oh, wow, look at the atmosphere. It's so loose. The chemistry is great. That's helping them win because it hasn't gone their way. We look at it as a drawback, but that's just who they are. And if you get too concerned with trying to change, you know, oh, no, Vladdy, you can't smile that much. You can't have that much fun. That's not going to make them hit better. If anything, it's going to be counterproductive. So. I think when a team's struggling, we're always looking for reasons like that to point to, but just let them have their fun. I, I think it's fine. I don't read into that stuff too much. Uh, if there's a conversation to be had about it, it maybe is a, a larger one about what's the message you know, from the, the coaching staff or what's the message from management for these players in terms of the expectations and, and what they're trying to, to play for and how that stuff is communicated internally, which is very difficult to know. Uh, and if you ask a lot of the decision makers, they won't provide you with a straight answer. And that's something that you can't really read from just watching the team play. So we default to, well, they have the home run jacket and they're, they can get the front runner tag, if you will. Uh, look, the Seattle Mariners are on an incredible streak. They have a ton of fun. They're running through the dugout with with helmets on now. like Yeah, exactly. They do the dance after every time they win, right? It's and- great when they're winning. It sucks when they're losing. And I don't think one has much to do with the other. No, I mean, we've, and look, you've seen goofy teams win. You see serious teams win. It's, it's ultimately, I mean, you have to find, I do think you have to find, even in baseball, which is such a, uh, <laughs> such a individual sport when it comes down to it, you still have to find some sort of chemistry. But what that kind of ideal form of chemistry looks like, it's going to be different for every team. It's going to be different for every mix of personalities. It's just like any other workplace. You're going to have a different group that that kind of builds its own culture and builds its own chemistry. And if that's the form it's taken for the Jays, I don't have a big problem with it. I don't think that's why they're underwhelming. Uh, and that's why they're, uh, you know, maybe on the verge of uh, of missing out on the playoffs this year. Uh, 
final text of the day, or one of the final texts of the way, will uh, go to Surrey Ryan, who says, Jamie, no omelets fraud is just asking for slaps all day. Tough day for you. See, I, I got people upset with me early. I rebuilt the relationship over the course of the show, and then I threw it all away, apparently, with the no, uh, the no omelets take. I don't know. They just don't do it for me. I gotta be. I gotta be honest, right? I I owe it to people, Izzy, to be honest. We appreciate the honesty, but it's it's a tough take. Uh, Snoop the dog says, "I've fallen asleep reading and dropped my book on my face, waking up with a black eye." So Snoop the dog has also injured himself from a love of reading, just so like you, Izzy. For breakfast, if you're you you will never make yourself an omelet. No. Okay. No, I would just do scrambled eggs. I'd way rather just have scrambled eggs than an omelet. And a something on the side. Yeah. That's some toast, bacon, okay. whatever. That's 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 just always it's easier and it's tastier, in my opinion. Anyways. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's it for us, for myself and Izzy for the week. Thanks for listening. Halford and Broth are back on Tuesday. Shout out to A Dog. Shout out to Lena as well for hanging in with us all week long. It is the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.